I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, welcome to your Hollywood crime scene mini Mini episode. (laughs) We can never decide what to call it. Is it a mini episode? Sure. Let's do it. Um, Anyways, so I had initially planned on doing a different... Uh, topic tonight but then I kept seeing this story pop up and it was something we had always you and I had talked about before yes uh, so I had decided to switch it up because it's a bit topical right. and it's it's a passionate topic for both of us yes so anyways um last week or I think at the end of September Jeepers Creepers 3 uh was um sort of back in the news it had a premiere like a one night only kind of premiere and it ended up grossing $1.7 million in that night. And because of that success, um, it expanded on October 4th to more showings. Um, but with that success, it kind of brought up, um, this sort of seedy backstory of the director, the writer and the director of that film and all three of the films actually Victor Salva. So, I'm going to go into it now, if you don't know. Victor Salva was born uh, March 29, 1958 in Martinez, California. He was uh, born into a very religious family. Um, he was Catholic. His father actually abandoned the whole family after he was born, and he lived, his mom remarried, and his stepfather, surprise, surprise, was a drunk who was physically abusive. <laughs> they always are. Stepdads. I'm sure there's very good stepdads. Calm down. Um so at, at a very young age, Salva kind of got into horror and sci-fi um, movies. And um, he actually, there was something I read that said that he had seen Jaws 55 times as a kid. Jesus. In fact, it, it was so often that a local newspaper reported <laughs> on his, his endeavor or his achievement, I guess. Um, when he graduated high school, he had already written and directed 20 short and feature films, so I don't know what feature film would be, but I'm sure they were all pretty short. <laughs> Not to be judgmental, because that's still a lot. That's a lot. Um, and he worked a lot to finance these films. He had like a lot of after-school jobs. But when he revealed that he was gay, his family kicked him out at the age of 18 because his stepdad was a piece of shit. Right. Um, so in the mid-'80s, he created a 37-minute short film called Something in the Basement, which was about a young boy um, awaiting his brother's return from a bloody war. But it was a horror movie. Um, It actually won a lot of competitions. Um, It won a Sony AFI home video competition and several other awards. But um, the biggest thing that happened out of that was that he kind of caught the attention of Francis Ford Coppola, who then agreed to produce Salva's first um, major feature film called Clown House, uh Salva was 28 years at the 28 years old at the time. Um he cast uh a 12-year-old named Nathan Winters who was also in his uh, short film Something in the Basement. He cast him in Clown House. Uh Clown House is about three brothers who um 
their lives transform into a waking nightmare. That was from the description. When their house is occupied by psychopaths dressed as clowns. <laughs> that, that sounds, sounds awful. Really fucking scary. Yeah. So clown house, not a very clever name. <laughs> no. Uh, so, but it was during the filming of Clown House that that all of the shit went down with Victor Salva. Uh, Nathan's mother, Rebecca, began to suspect that something wasn't right. And in an L.A. Times interview that I read, she said, Victor said I couldn't go to the set. He said Nathan couldn't work if I was there. I just had these feelings. I confronted Nathan and he admitted to me. He said I have a secret and I can't tell anyone. After she had that conversation with her son, police raided Victor's home and uh, and they found child pornography. And uh, that pornography included a homemade pornographer porno. <laughs> Sounds weird when I say that with a child. Sorry. <laughs> a homemade tape that showed, sorry, I'm not laughing at this. Salva engaging in oral sex with the 12 year old boy. From his movie. From his movie. Jesus the star of his movies. Uh, according to Nathan, he spent the better part of a year grooming me and my parents, developing that trust. It was very calculated and a long process, as it is with most pedophiles. So in April of 1988, Salva pleaded guilty to five felony counts that included lewd and lascivious con conduct, oral copulation with a person under 14, and three counts of procuring um, a child for pornography. He served... And he was 28 at this point 30 yeah, 28 29 at this point yeah so he was sentenced to prison for three years uh while he was in prison clown house actually premiered it still premiered at sundance wow uh and he did not have a good time in prison as most pedophiles yeah. don't usually have a no. good time uh he was um allegedly beaten by beyond recognition uh he actually told the San Jose Mercury News that um, I was never more scared or closer to death than I was in prison. I received no therapy there. Prisons are not places for rehabilitation or learning to understand yourself or your actions. They're monster factories. I don't doubt that that's true. Uh, and I do think if someone's in there for three years, they should probably work a little harder <laughs> to rehabilitate them if at all possible, or at least get them on this path towards I mean, it's one thing if they're there for life, like whatever, right? But I if mean, they know they're releasing them in three years to not do anything. The whole prison system's a mess in it general. It is a mess, right. So Winter's family actually did sue the producers of the movie, which was Commercial Pictures, Coppola's film company. Uh, I think they sued for $5 million, but they ended up only getting about over $100,000. While he was in prison, he Salva did write five scripts, uh, and one of which was a movie called Powder. Um, so after he got out of prison, he didn't work for a while. Um, he worked like as a telemarketer and nothing, you know, very small time kind of jobs. He, uh, like I said, he had written scripts. And what he would do is he'd start delivering them to well-known producers while posing as a delivery boy. He did have a few... He, I think he had a few films. One was called The Nature of the Beast, which was a direct-to-video mystery horror film. And then he got his first big studio picture, Powder, picked up, and that was in 1995. If you don't know Powder, it's the tale of an albino boy <laughs> with special powers. 
the which makeup. I loved you that love movie. Powder, right? I love powder, and you it's know, it's such a weird freaking movie. It's so weird. Um, it was it. it uh, if you've seen Powder, you probably like Powder, or you haven't. I mean, I, it, it's like I, a. It's stupid. And it's a ridiculous But it pulls premise. on your heartstrings. It does pull on your heartstrings. And Sean Patrick Flannery as Powder, as the main character. Sorry, I don't can't. know. If, I don't remember if his name is actually Powder. His name powder. cannot be Powder, right? <laughs> I mean, maybe that's like the kid's like, hey, Powder. <laughs> Just not even a good insult. He's very much dressed like a, a Berlin hipster in the movie. He wears like... He um, kind of looks like handsome SpongeBob. No, I'm just kidding. No, he's <laughs> handsome SpongeBob. You don't know who's handsome SpongeBob? Who's that? I'm going to put up a, a side-by-side. <laughs> you don't Please remember do. when SpongeBob gets handsome? Okay, I'm not having this conversation. I sound like an idiot. Uh, can I just say, though, can yeah. I just make a note about the movie Powder? Um, I course. just found out... Please. Love points you know, about Powder. <laughs> this movie is dear to my... It was dear to my heart. Uh-huh. Um, I watched Powder for the first time, actually, like five years after it came out. I was really sick, like the sickest I've ever been like at that point in my life like I had like some kind of crazy flu where like I I thought I was gonna fucking die I was sick for like seven days straight and like to the point where my eyes were like black and blue like it was really gnarly right. it was really bad and I just remember like after like three days of this like crazy fucking illness that I had watching powder in bed with my mom and just fucking sobbing throughout the whole movie because my immune system was so weakened and I right. was like like he has issues too. Like I, I don't know why, but like that movie just always had this special place in my heart because like I watched it when I was in such a fucking vulnerable state, and it's such a like Disney schmaltzy kind of heartwarming. Right. It's movie. a Disney movie. It's a Disney movie. But I didn't find out about this director until a couple of years ago on t- fucking Twitter of all places when James. Fritz and you and me and Joe Wagner probably were all at replying each other. And someone was like, hey, guys, I have bad news. We're all talking about the movie Powder for some (laughs) reason because it was like an in-joke with us for a while. And somebody posted a link and it fucking I was so angry. You didn't know until that moment? I didn't know until that moment. I didn't know that. I knew. Uh, And I will tell you why I knew because I do remember when that movie came out. Did you see it when it came out? No, I didn't. I saw it like five years later. Okay. I remember when the movie came out. Because that was where all of the revelations about his past child uh, sexual abuse came out right when that movie Like, I was remember released. the trailers. I remember it coming out, but I was right. also nine when it came out. Right. So it was a pretty big story, though. Um, so that's where I first heard about who he was. And I remember the movie coming out, and I didn't see the movie then. Uh, and the thing that I overwhelmingly remember was the story that he was a child molester. Right. Uh, so anyways, the guy, um, Nathan Winter, who was his victim actually showed up at, I don't know if it was the premiere, but it was a big screening of powder that was actually in Westwood. And he showed up with a bunch of his friends and picketed the event, holding up signs that said Victor Salva, writer, director, child molester, and support the victim, not the victimizer. Wow. He had a leaflets that he was handing out that said, please don't spend your money on this movie. It would just go to the, to line the pockets of a child molester. Um, but, uh, Powder actually opened on 1,500 screens nationwide, and I think it did pretty well. Like, I think it earned like $30 million its mm-hmm. first weekend, which, you know, this is a while ago, so that was pretty good for a movie called Powder. <laughs> uh, Winters said he was in awe that Disney, of all 
all places would hire someone like this. That's what was so right. shocking to me. He said, I can't believe Sal- <laughs> Salva is allowed to work with children again. He should never be allowed around children ever again. Right. Uh, the producer of the film was named Roger Burnham. And he, this is like where there's sort of like a, he said, he said, uh, Roger says that he was tipped off about Salva's history halfway through Powder's filming and confronted him on it. Wow. Although Salva and, and Salva says that he, everyone knew up front about his past, which I kind of believe. I kind of believe him. Well, no. So, I mean, how would you? I don't know. How would you not know that? And also knowing. And I just picture producers being so scummy and that's being like only pissed when they got caught. Like, it's like knowing right. what we know within yeah. the industry. Um, so then Birnbaum tries to like make it better. He says, once I found out key production, people were told to keep an eye out for anything. Thanks. Wow. Uh, cause Salva was not removed from the project. The producer also said that he could not state definitively whether all, um, others in the youthful cast were 18 or older. At the time, Variety also reported that two crew members said Salva hung around minors employed as extras. The children were invited to sit in the director's chair, and Salva frequently lunched with them, according to one crew member. Um, After the sort of scandal went down, Caravan Pictures, which was the subsidiary of Disney that released the film, said that he paid for his crime, he paid his debt to society. What happened eight years ago has nothing to do with this movie. Francis Ford Coppola also released a statement because everyone just started tying things all together at this point. And he called Salva a talented young director. You know uh, what? There's lots of talented young directors out there. <laughs> right. I mean, it's kind of like what we're going through this week where it's like talent. I mean, it's the age old thing, right? Right. What I mean, I'm not saying Salva is up there with Woody Allen or Roman Polanski or anything like that, but it's like, well, what is the line we're drawing here? Like, what is it? Is it more important that we get another movie out of this person? Right. Or what is your line? It's like, oh, that person was convicted. Or, I mean, we all know people in power don't often get convicted of things they did, or there isn't enough evidence right. sometimes but to prove sexual crimes. But this guy was crimes. actually in prison yeah. for it. There is no... And I think, yeah. So Salva also re- released a statement at this time. Uh, how deeply I regret my actions. I paid for my mistakes dearly. Now, nearly 10 years later, I am excited about my work as a filmmaker and look forward to continuing to make a positive contribution to our industry. Of course, uh, I've already mentioned um, that Nathan was protesting. His mom also was vowing to kind of fight you know, this registered sex offender having yeah. a successful Hollywood career. I mean, can you imagine being... <laughs> the victim of such a heinous I mean, it's kind of what everyone's going through right now it is. this week where it's like you can say something and no one cares because there's money to be made right. or this is a big Hollywood producer or a director or whoever it is at the moment. And no justice gets served. Right. And to see somebody, I mean, I went through it myself this past week um, with someone who was abusing myself and countless other women um, in our industry sort of still working within the industry and to have to see that person like this was on such a small scale and this right. was so like it just makes you feel but it makes you feel so hopeless and so helpless right. and so powerless and that nothing matters right that people can treat you horribly and, never and they're suffer gonna make com- money and it doesn't and then it also plays on your idea like oh should we forgive people like should we you know what i mean right like, it's, it's just a, it's a messed up thing um 
So the mom released a statement also at this time. She said, I can't believe it. It makes me sick. I'm not going to stand by. He should not be allowed to live his life as if nothing happened. Uh, So that was the hubbub with Powder. But so even after that, he continues to make films. He made a film called. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money, and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. Rites of Passage in 1999. That was also a coming-of-age thriller about a homophobic father who unwittingly pushes his gay son into the arms of of a psychotic killer. I mean, other than the fact that it's directed by a child muster, that sounds kind of interesting. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? I mean, seriously, this guy's working through some issues in his film, right? Right. Um, Around the time of that film release, Salva is still, like, on the apology tour. He said, I think... Studio exec saying he'll never work again was all for show. My God, if they were to take the arrest records of every filmmaker or actor, they'd have to shut this town down. Let's face it. Anybody can work here who makes money. But so you that's know a what? remarkably true statement, though, that coming from truth. him. And, it, and, you know, it, just because that's true doesn't mean that that's right. No, that's but whole- his point, I thought, is pretty good. Like, let's look into everybody. Like, he got busted. Right. And I'm not saying he deserves to work. No. But it is true how I feel like, like everyone right now is piling onto Harvey Weinstein, correct? But he's and rightfully not the only so. one. But it's like, well, what's going? There's still all these other people no one's talking about who will yes. be Harvey Weinstein in five years, probably. Somebody tweeted something like that that was chilling, absolutely chilling. They said, "Who's going to be the person in 2037 who no one wanted to talk about right now?" Right. Who's and this it's big? True. Uh, and it is true and it, it's infuriating as a woman to, well, because you want to have sympathy for people not reporting but at the same time it's like we can't rely on men to do it clearly no they're we not going to do it 
I don't know what the solution is. I don't either. That's why I'm like all female Hollywood reboot whole thing. Just, just women <laughs> making films. Yeah. Um, so in 2001, Salva wrote the first, uh, wrote and directed the first Jeepers Creeper, which was a huge fucking hit. It, it actually had the largest Labor Day box office ever at the time. Yeah. Uh, he followed that up with Jeepers Creepers 2 in 2003. And that also broke, uh, the old record. <laughs> it broke the old Labor Day record that he, he broke with Lab- the first Jeepers Creepers. Right. Um, so I think in 2006, he had another movie come out. It was an independent film called Peaceful Warrior. And he released another public pe- plea for forgiveness. Wow. Uh, this one was, I pled guilty to a terrible crime and I spent the rest of my life trying to make up for it for almost 20 years. I've been involved with helping others. I've been in therapy. I've been in movies. I paid my debt to society and apologized to the young man. And all I can hope is that people will give me a chance to redeem myself. I mean, it is just so... You know what? You don't get to make movies anymore. And you don't get to be around children anymore. And you don't get to to, to profit off of this anymore. It's very tricky, though. Because at the same time, you want to think, well, what's people's incentive to rehabilitate themselves if they know they'll never have a life? I don't know. Like... Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I don't think he has to be a filmmaker. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's like you don't get to be a and filmmaker. And he doesn't get to be a directing. You don't get about to be children. publicly celebrated. And then, as we're gonna see in this next uh, section, is he really rehabilitated? <laughs> like, right? I mean, I don't know. It's questionable. So, well, my whole argument is that I don't think you should be able to be in the public sphere like that because it is damaging to the victims to have to see right. their assailant be elevated in such a way and also maybe sex crimes just don't get enough time like they don't uh because you don't die but your life is over as you right. knew it so in 2016 salva began casting jeepers creepers 3 because as we said before if they keep making money it doesn't really matter what your criminal history is right uh the movie was set to begin filming in vancouver so they were actually casting up in vancouver uh and that's when the local actors union up there um, actually kind of protested because he sent out a really sketch casting call for the film. According to the bulletin that was posted by the um, Canadian Actors Union, uh, he sent out a bulletin that was seeking an 18-year-old actress for the role of Addison, who at the age of 13 had been sent to live with her grandmother after her stepfather started making overtures towards her. So it's about a woman who a girl who was molested by her uh stepdaughter that's what the film is about essentially or that's one of the roles i don't know what the f- no it's it's a jeepers creepers three so one of the characters well, that's what i meant has, that, yeah okay i don't know uh what the premise of the movie is but i guess it's horror <laughs> uh, i'm not that being molested by your stepfather is horror trust me <laughs> um so after that came out the canadian union sent out Um, a press release or or something that said it has recently come to our attention that a casting breakdown has gone out for a feature film called Jeepers Creepers 3 and that the director of the film, Victor Salva, was convicted of sexual misconduct in 1988. The conviction allegedly resulted from misconduct involving a minor who Mr. Salva was directing at the time. At this time, we would like to remind our members that and their agents that under article blah, 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 of the blah, 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 a performer has the right to refuse work if they believe that the nature of the work is unsafe. After they did that, the casting website actually removed the posting 
and released a statement saying, upon learning of this notice and our own verification of the facts around Mr. Salva's conviction, Breakdown Services has removed this project from our files and all submissions made to any agent are no longer available to the casting directors or any members of the production staff. Because of that, they basically moved the production out of Vancouver and down to Baton Rouge in America because we love, we don't do anything about things in America. We just let it happen. And the film began shooting. So basically he's up there trying to once again cast children to to perform roles that are sort of weirdly dicey, dicey, molesty. And I, I mean, at this point, I'm kind of surprised people don't know that people are still finding out, but I don't know, maybe it's just such an old story. Right. So that wasn't the end of the controversy with Jeepers Creepers 3. Change.org actually petitioned a boycott of the movie. um, And this petition basically said things along the lines of the proper, the profits from the movie will line the pockets of a pedophile. Monsters belong on the screen, not behind the camera. They also urged other members of the horror movie community to take a stand and spread the word, to people to not watch this film and we actually know a guy who was doing that on right. twitter he's a film um reviewer and etc he's a great guy but i don't know if he wants me to mention his name uh so anyways the movie um once it was sort of about to be released nathan winters the victim also issued a statement where he reconfirmed or you know relayed the new the um past story that Salva had molested him actually from uh, for six years of his childhood. Because if you remember, he did the initial film, the wow. short film, before he did uh, Clown House. Feature. So it was actually, we, we initially only knew about the one incident yeah. or th- during the filming. But apparently it was going on for a very long time. Um, in August, the Jeepers Creepers 3 September premiere was actually canceled. Um, and Winters actually, I don't know why he did this, but he actually said, I didn't ever want that to happen. I wasn't looking to get the movie canceled. I want everyone to make their own decisions on whether to see something by a pedophile or to not see uh, something by a pedophile. Wait, he called himself a pedophile? No, he was saying, I want, this is the guy, Nathan. The oh, victim. right, right, right. He's okay. saying, I didn't want the movie to get canceled. He wasn't saying, I want to go that far. He's like, I feel like people should have freedom of choice. They just need on to whether, know. But I just want them to have the information. Sorry right. if that was unclear. Um, he also said, which I think is pretty noble, he's like, it's not our intention to stop him from working. Uh, we just want everyone to know the truth. And it's true. Like You can't, people need right. to earn a living, and but not as a film director. Yeah. Uh, so... As I said earlier, it eventually made its way into theaters. And that's when critics actually... So f- so people finally got their first look of it. All of this is based before anyone had even seen the movie. And I think this is where our friend really started going after it. Because once you see yes. a little bit about what the movie is. Uh, okay. In a review in IndieWire, that's the only one I'm going to kind of go into here. Uh, this is what they have to say about the movie. Jeepers Creepers 3 does not depict any kind of child molestation, but it does include one moment where two characters are discussing why Addison no longer lives with her stepfather. One of the two characters is romantically interested in Addison and seems to understand why her stepfather would make overtures on her. Can you blame him, though? I mean, look at her. The character says, the heart wants what it wants. Am I right? Um, So apparently that joke 
or whatever that, that was is. was cut from the movie but it completely shows an utter lack of understanding of the wrong like you would think if you had been convicted of this and are always being dogged by it you would stay it, as far away you would from stay anything. as far right like you wouldn't want to make any references to anything that could be possibly about child molestation right so i mean child molestation is a big part of this movie uh with that character storyline at least so I mean, that's pretty much the end of it. That's hap- This is all happening right now because the movie is sort of out and people are still going to see it. I mean, it, I, yeah. I said before, it earned a million dollars in its limited release that one right. night. Um, he's currently in a pre-production for another feature Bert. film. Wow. And there's uh, no one knows what it's about and it, or if it stars a child. So Here's the thing. That's the, that's the end. When that's you make, where we are. When you make movies, you're probably going to be around children at some point if you're a filmmaker and working closely with children I I feel like if you're a convicted pedophile or even there's rumors about you being a pedophile you don't get to be a filmmaker pick another fucking profession well you can finance your own stuff you don't have to have Disney do it right like I don't know but it's like what is what leg does Hollywood have to stand on like Roman Polanski earned an Oscar after he raped a 13 year old girl in the late 70s like right I mean, I don't know. It's really unbelievable. I mean, it's just... Oh, I, I mean, it's like, can you even imagine, like, a woman loses her career if a sex tape comes out that's, yeah. like, a consensual... Right. I mean, not anymore, I guess. But, like, back in the day, a woman would lose everything. Yeah. Just, like, a nude photo is coming out. Or, oh, like, yeah. when Vanessa Williams was in Playboy or Penthouse, whatever. She, yeah, she couldn't be Miss USA anymore, wherever the right. fuck that was. It's it's ridiculous, but I feel like even now today, women still are held to the same standards. Where it's like you get one chance. Like, well, you know, there's also women can make one bad film and they'll never. Well, get even to Harvey Weinstein again. I saw today where he's like, "I'm gonna fight to get my second chance." It's like I think I tweeted something where it's like, "No." So what, if we say no, are you gonna force us? Like, <laughs> like your right. forcing days are fucking over. Like, right. you're not in charge anymore, and your power is gone. Like, yes. So I don't know. It's definitely an interesting topic, and obviously I have, like, an invested, a vested interest, and I don't like child abusers, like... Right. But at the same time, part of me is like, okay, well, what do we do? Right. You Uh, can't, you can't, as much as I don't want, as much as I want them to be in prison for the rest of their lives and not have any life, they do get out, and then what do we do? What do we do with them? So, I I don't know. I do... I do think it is important to spread information about a person so that right. everyone has the information as far and wide as possible. Um, and I haven't even said there was some, you know, the I believe it's Megan's law. Yeah. The mother who got that law put into action, she actually has regrets about the law because she really? feels like, is that the one where you're on the sex registry, even if you're a teenager? fucking oh, another teenager yeah like it's very easy to, she right. has regrets because she thinks it's gone too far right so i feel like it is an area where we think we've solved some things but i feel like it's still we still have work to do on that we have work to do on especially, a lot of things especially <laughs> if you pee in public you should not be a sex right offender. and I, I think it's like something we've talked about before it's like you diminish the real stuff when you yes. make it too broad do you know what I mean? Like right. someone who pees in public is not the same as a grandfather who molests their grandchild. Right. Like let's get They're real They're a drunk here. person. Yeah. Um, so yeah. But yeah, it's a complicated issue. I'm hoping that we're at a point right now where because this past week 
um, in our industry in Hollywood was so explosive. It does seem like a tipping point. That's what I'm hoping. But I'm wondering, I feel like until I see other people being called out other than Weinstein, I'm not hopeful. Because I feel like right now we're all focusing on that and everyone feels safe punching him because we're all but it's like what about the people who are still in power those are the that's where i feel like the tipping point is going to come i want to see people taken down before we know me too so and the other thing that made me that was another really there were there were so many good things said by women on twitter this week and one of the other things i liked that was so true was she said i don't know who the author of it was but i did retweet it at some point she said that you know no woman wants to be the first one to come forward because the first one always gets dragged like the first one always pays the price right it's easy when you're the second you're the second or third or fourth so it's like it it is tough it's like and we can't rely on men to come forward about stuff because they don't have a good track record i try to be sensitive because i'm i'm a loud mouth bitch and i will (laughs) fucking do it right but like you were you desi was such a good friend to me (laughs) this last week (laughs) naming a person i just feel like I know that I'm not the normal person who's been victimized. Yeah. I don't know why I'm the way I am. So it's like hard for me because I'm like, I'll do it for you. Like, tell me. <laughs> right. I'll right. help you. But I know it has to be them. And it's yeah. like their story and they, and they want you. But and I just I'm like, feel like Diet Desi in that way. I still I'm still very much um, more. I think um, I have a lot more fears to overcome myself. And there's nothing wrong with having, it's like a perfectly normal human response right. to it. No, when I say I'm not that way, it's not a criticism. No. I'm just like broken and a, <laughs> sometimes it works out. You're the, ex- <laughs> the exception, not the rules. Well, I'm just saying sometimes my damage works in a positive way. <laughs> <laughs> there's like four things about right. me that worked out. <laughs> totally. I get that. I relate to that. One of them is she's really good in bed. <laughs> She don't give a fuck. But Um, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. It's tricky. It's tricky. Okay, thanks. All right, bye, guys. Bye.